Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and we are at full team this weekend. Alan, to my right, how are you? I am here. And to my left, there's Matt. <laughs> I'm also here. Look at that, all three of us together again. How good does that feel? Bloody love it. Great. Um, we're back, first episode of the new year. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Sorry, we, um, <laughs> we took a little bit of a week off last week. Apologies for that, but thanks again for coming out, listening to us on iTunes or on Acast, chatting to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, and we're getting there on Instagram Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. Um, thanks again for all those who have left us um, reviews on iTunes. It really helps us. We were. Our peak of the year last year, we got into the top 10 of rugby union podcasts in the UK. We'd like to improve on that. Let's get into the top five this year. Let's get let's keep um, getting some records. So it really helps us when you give us some reviews and five star reviews. How about this one from CAS? Um, Every second is a pleasure to listen to. Shocking chat, but great knowledge and punditry on the severely undercovered region of the game. Looking forward to hearing more of the lads of the pod in the lead up to the Six Nations. The boys are real contenders. No more talk of being the dark horse. Underdogs no more. Hashtag in Daryl we trust. Is that saying we're underdogs? I don't or know. Or we're no, no longer dark horses or Scotland? I'm, I mean, I'm going to assume he's referring to Scotland. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think he's talking about us, actually. So, And I mean, I thought we had great chat and shocking knowledge. So that's yeah, that, interesting feedback. That was point. what mm. surprised me as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, actually, to be fair, I haven't been getting called out for my quiz errors as much recently. That's so. true. It is towards the end of the podcast and listening figures would show that people <laughs> stop listening about 20 as, minutes in. As the quiz starts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've got loads to chat about. We're going to write, write a few through some news from the rugby world. And then we've got really special guests for you guys today. We had a chat with um, Glasgow and Scotland legends, Rui Jackson and ryan grant about all their time at glasgow and their new gin business that they have started up pretty interesting scotland and lions legend i apologize yeah lions legend ryan grant of course um so we'll get into that interview shortly we'll then look back at all the rugby that has gone so that second 1872 game and then last weekend's glasgow versus zebra and edinburgh versus the southern kings alan's got a quiz you got a little preview of that yep it's a consolidated income and expenditure and a fairy tale in Cardiff. Wow. <laughs> Are you so, sure you've got wow. the right document open? <laughs> so yeah, that is that is the subject for today's quiz. Well, I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't switch off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that sounds absolutely amazing. And then we'll have a look ahead to the European matches of the week. And right, let's start. Bad news, middle of this week. Xander Fagerson dropped a bench press on his, on his foot and he is out for the Six Nations. I think it was just a bench rather than like a full bench press. But I think that was ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> so he dropped it on his foot. He dropped it on his right? foot, yeah. And he's out a whole whole six nations. Eight weeks minimum, they say. Bloody hell. Poor guy. What a so, shame. So that now means that we don't have a front row. It's looking pretty ropey. Yeah, at tight heads, WP Nell, my understanding is he is out for the majority of the six nations. Break his forearm or something? Yeah. yeah. Zan Ferguson, eight weeks. Bergen is out for the first game. That's the suspension for stamping on Fraser Brown's head. Yes. Who'd have, thought, who'd have thought we'd be praying for Bergen to be like, available? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, but if, don't worry, he's only missing one game, it's fine. I know. Yeah. But yeah, it's gone from being a loose head crisis to now a tight... Well, to be fair, it's on both sides. It's yeah, a it's, a, it's a full-blown crisis. It's a full-blown crisis. <laughs> it's, it's really going badly, I think. But yeah, I mean, and it looks like John Welsh's PR team have very quickly <laughs> been on the phone to Mark Palmer and they're like, look, we need a spread in the Sunday Times. <laughs> need to bump his confidence up. Yeah, for yeah. really, really need to. I reckon Tooney was like, we need to get, let's get some press back on him. Yeah. His last touch in a Scotland jersey was the fateful Ugh. accidental offside against Australia. Yeah, in 2015 World Cup. I know. So, yeah, it's John Welsh, Darcy Ray, Murray Lowe. That's that honestly is. it. And Murray McCallum. That's the four people we have to call on. So, see, Darcy Ray, no caps. Murray McCallum, no caps. Murray Lowe, third choice at Exeter. <laughs> so, oh my God, behind oh Thomas Francis. So you've got to assume that you've got to assume that he's coming in then. Yeah, I think for that first game, you've got to assume that it's going to be John Welsh starting with Bergen coming in for the uh, the second game. He had a d- he had Who, a who's going to be on the bench then? It's, it's going to have to be Murray Lowe. I would have thought. And that f- Murray away- not- when was the last time Murray Lowe was in the Scotland squad? That'd be interesting. A long time ago, but the the other candidates have never been in the Scotland squad. And you just got to go for someone who can. Let me name you a prop that had never been in a Scotland squad who we doubted before. That <laughs> that is true, but look, Daryl's one in a million. <laughs> Daryl is one. Yeah, look, I mean. I'm jumping a little bit ahead on our agenda, but Nick Griggs talking about all these lads that are qualified for New Zealand, qualified for Scotland, living in New Zealand. Surely one of them's a prop. Do you think the Nukes got a Scottish granny? He's cat by tongue, isn't he? Oh, is he? Right. (laughs) Apart from that, though. I mean, Bergen was brought over as... I don't think he was a project player. I think he was qualified. There must be more. I think on the positive side, at least John Welsh has been playing week in, week out, and starting and playing for well. a pretty good Newcastle team. For a pretty good Newcastle team, just come off the back of a win against Exeter, playing mm. playing against a pretty solid pack. And, you know, he's good in the loose, which for the game that Tooney wants to play... Do you think he's good in the loose? He kind of gets around. He's a, he's a bit of an Alan Jacobson. No, mate. Jacobson was good in the loose. No, I, Welsh is like... Scrummaging. Are you tight. joking? I think I he's tight. What about that chip kick? Can you name any other examples? <laughs> and the sixteen tackles he made at the weekend. He made sixteen tackles. He made sixteen tackles. Sixteen tackles at the weekend. Well, that's that's in the tight. Yeah, I know. I think um, I think John Walsh could be good. So he'd lost ten kilograms. Maybe something to aspire to, mate. I mean, <laughs> I need to lose ten kilograms. <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm feeling confident. Tight head looks like Alan Dell's. Going to hopefully be back by the end of the year, by the end of the month. Sorry. End of the month. So okay, okay, that's good news. So at one side of the scrum, we're going to have John Welsh, who looks really like a traditional prop. Yes. And then we can have Alan Dell looking like a sort to of centre. Dis- disgrace the props. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's quite nice. A nice little balance there. Yes. It is incredible that we are going to start the Six Nations with a worse front row than we did last Six Nations, and probably worse than the Autumn Internationals. Oh, yeah. much worse than the Autumn Internationals. As well. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I guess it just, you know, with the two pro teams. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's, once you scrape the surface, there isn't, especially, I think, at prop and probably 
I'm trying to think what other position. There's not actually that many other positions where we'd have that bigger crisis. But once you scrape the surface, there's not that much there. Mm. No, we're in quite a lot of trouble, and I imagine we're going to be covering the prop crisis for the coming weeks. We talked a little bit about Newcastle's win against Exeter at the weekend. What about Gary Graham, son of Scottish legend George Graham, was called into the England squad? The whole thing is just completely bizarre. What's his background again? So he, um, he was born in Scotland, born in Stirling, raised in Carlisle. Carlisle, but I think, and then played sort of most of his senior rugby at Gala. Yeah. Picked for Scotland under the 20s and played in the same team as like Stuart Hogg and I think Ali Price as well, a yeah. few others. Uh, then obviously didn't get picked up by the pro teams, went to Jersey. And then I think last year he moved to Newcastle from yeah, Jersey. Yeah, it was just the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. So his first season in Premiership Rugby, he started like, what, four games, including at the weekend, in the yeah. Premiership? In the Premiership, yeah. And he's got in the England squad. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, obviously, there was a lot of people on social media talking about how this is sort of an example of a player that Scotland have lost. Mm. And I don't think... I haven't seen one article reference saying that he should be in the Scotland squad. No. He's the sort but, of guy that, if he plays one solid season at the end of this year and he gets through it and people are saying, you know, Gary Graham at Newcastle is pretty good. At that stage, you'd expect Scotland to start thinking, okay, he yeah, can do a bit. Yeah, to maybe go on a summer tour or something. It is really strange that Eddie Jones has picked him up after three... And if you look at the you know English media, rugby media, like no one knows who he is. He was not on the radar at all. And you think of all the players that they do have in England. For him to suddenly come out of the woodwork, it just seems completely random. So... I think Eddie Jones in general seems to have quite a strange selection policy. Yeah. And then secondly, do you think the chief executive of the RFU was like moaning to Eddie Jones in the pub and he was like, bloody Scotland, trying to get on our players. And Eddie Jones was like, don't you worry, mate. I will, <laughs> I will deal with this and they won't be coming after any of our players anymore. It'd be, it'd be funny if that was the case, but I mean, surely not. What does Eddie Jones care? Or maybe it's maybe in fact it's like a pre Six Nations like stick a finger up at Scotland. It's one of his like mind game things. I feel like it's got to be because also at Newcastle, obviously Mark Wilson's been talked to like talked to a lot about playing for England, and I wonder just like in the club how that's gone down when you've got someone like Mark Wilson who's probably I think he, he has been captain. And yeah, he's probably yeah, he their main. He's been their main man for four years and has been, been in England squads and has been, been captain. And then Gary Graham sort of pops up when he's injured and then gets selected straight away. Quite a hard sort of dressing room to manage. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, he, he picked up an injury about half an hour into that game against Exeter. So not entirely sure how, um, how serious it was, but he didn't get much of a run out there. So we'll find out how he gets on and whether he pops up. In, can Scotland, Scotland could name him just because he's been to an England camp. Yeah, of course. He couldn't. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Not Let's as see like if there's a bit of tit for tat there. And what about Ben Velikot, the young lad down at Gloucester as well? There's been a lot of sort of wrangling about whether he is going to go for Scotland or England. Probably early days to talk about that. Yeah, kind of. I think it's a different one because he's always been like an exile player. And I think he's yeah. always lived in England and played for Hartbury and Gloucester and, and whatnot. So that's like a different argument, I think, to someone who had played in Scotland and then was you know lost by, by the Union. But um, yeah, it seems as if until only recently where he's been playing very well that he's even flying on the England radar but I'm sure he's on the Scottish radar as well we've been talking about him for a while at least yeah. so yeah Be it's all a bit funny we'll in, see what happens interesting to see how he um, quite in the similar vein as like young George Horn sort of very small and fast um, scrum half so we'll see if there's enough room for them um, last little bit of news Leo Sarto lots of rumours going around that he is off to the Premiership at the end of this season what do you think would that be a big loss to Glasgow? Uh, possibly. I think Leo Sarto is a good player. He breaks tackles. He actually he has doesn't have that many bad games. Mm. But at the end of the day, he's he plays for Italy, so he's not useful during the Six Nations. Yeah. And he gets injured a lot. Yeah. And actually, a couple, quite a few of his big games have been in quite high-profile matches. So I imagine his salary has yeah, gone quite yeah. through the roof. Yeah. So agreed. I think whilst it'd be great to have him in the squad, I think for the amount he's able to play and the amount he's probably going to cost, it's not worth it. I agree. Matt, any thoughts? No, I think that's fair. I think it's Bath that are in the running for it and you know they'll be able to offer some serious dollar and it's not as if it's a 
you know, Johnny Gray or Stuart Hogg. So, unfortunately, probably have to let him go. I'm sure you could get someone in who's a young guy or someone foreign who's pretty decent as well. So, oh, it's a shame because I think he's been quite popular. But, yeah, probably going to be a loss at the end of the season. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so that is the end of the news. We'll keep an eye on that. And as always, follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. We try and uh, update that as much as we can with what is going on. Right, so... Celebrate 3,000 followers on Twitter. 3,000 yep. followers on Twitter. Thanks a lot for um, for being there for us, guys. Thanks to the sex bots. There's so many sex bots. Oh, that means I, I, was on, I was on Twitter today looking at some of our like most popular tweets. And a while ago, we were celebrating 300 followers with a tweet. So, there you go. There you Real go. life progress. Real <laughs> <laughs> well, we will continue to, uh, to, to put some news and stuff out there for you guys. Thanks a lot for your support. Right, should we get cracking on to the main meat and drink of the pod? So we had a chat yesterday. Uh, Matt and I spoke to Rui Jackson and Ryan Grant. But before we get to that, we had a really good chat with them. I want to take you back to the, probably the first time that Rui Jackson really made his mark on Murrayfield on the pitch. So 2006, the Bruin Dolphin Schools Cup. Robert Gordon's against Stuart Melville. And here are some of the quotes from the match uh, reports afterwards. This is in the evening news. My man of the match had a major role in carving out the final two tries. A player was described to have quick silver hands. And one of the tries owed much to the slick hands of this player. That wasn't Rui Jackson. That was our very own Alan Little. There he is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How times have changed. Just rugby careers from that game have yeah. just diverted so drastically. <laughs> one of the last games you played? I mean, literally one of the last games I played. Twenty oh, 12 years and 20 kilograms later. Here, here I am. Apparently you commanded the midfield play. I mean, yeah, supposedly. I did they, did, actually, they did also call you Alan Noble in it as well, so I mean, there was, might have been a case of mistaken identity. There were some issues with the naming, and I did actually knock the ball over the line in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> which thankfully got glossed over. Those would be your quicksilver hands, will they? That would be yeah. the quicksilver hands. <laughs> so, no, thankfully, I think uh, the standoff that I played with at the time was like half my size, but like 10 times better than me in defence, so they just ran at him all day, and I was like, this is fine. <laughs> I'm, fine by I'm me. commanding this midfield. So. <laughs> and what was the final score? 32-0. 32-0, Alan Little versus Rui Jackson. Yeah, so. I actually stole a soap dispenser from Murrayfield. It's still on... <laughs> <laughs> Still under my Have bed. You st- still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's back at back at home. Yeah, I, just are, are t- I, I took it off the shower wall. <laughs> <laughs> are we outside the statute of limitations for that it's crime? Be Twelve, oh, 12, 12 years. Ago. We're done. Well, we might have to issue a formal apology <laughs> to the SIU at some stage there. <laughs> or maybe we could return home, like you know, know like return. Yeah. That'd be nice. Signed Get. by media personality Alan Little. <laughs> Get an invoice for yeah, exactly. twenty pounds. <laughs> Um, amazing. Um, so we don't actually uh, go into that detail with Rory <laughs> on the uh, in the interview. But he talks about life back at Glasgow, and him and Ryan talk about their new gin venture. So enjoy that, guys. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined online by Rory Jackson and Ryan Grant. Guys, how are you? Very well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Very good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad, Rory. Um, how was the trip to Italy at the weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, a lot of travel. Um, it's a long old slog to get out there, but um, yeah, thankfully so we got got a bonus point victory, which um, it's not easy these days doing that over there. So uh, boss was pretty happy. Yeah, what about that kit from Zebra as well? Surely one of the worst in the Pro 14. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's, it's not so, quite as bad as uh, Edinburgh uh, 1872 one a few a good few years ago. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a shocker. <laughs> Well, well, good stuff. I mean, um, delighted to hear the Zebra trip went uh, went well. What was the feeling in the in the squad after that? There's been a few people that said that Glasgow have gone sort of on a massive winning streak, eleven out ten out of eleven, but they haven't quite sort of clicked yet. What what would you think about that? Do you think that's true? Um, yeah, I think it's probably fair enough to an extent. Um, obviously, winning's the the biggest thing at the end of the day. But yeah, I think we still. We feel certainly that we've left left a bit out there in, in a lot of games, and we're maybe not quite firing. But you probably don't want to be peaking at this time of the season. You probably want to be leaving that till uh, till the end when uh, the run's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, and personally for you, I mean, what a season! Um, we're calling it on the pod the Renaissance. 
that you've come back, starting all the games and playing out of your skin. You must be delighted to be back at Glasgow. Yeah, loving it. It's uh, been a little bit different than I probably first anticipated. Um, playing playing a lot of rugby at fullback, which um, I didn't realise was on the cards at the start, but um, I've absolutely loved it and uh, really enjoyed being part of this squad. Yeah, we are playing some pretty exciting rugby and um, yeah, it's been good fun to be part of so far. Yeah, as you mentioned, things have been a bit uh, different um, to what you expected since you sort of rejoined the club. What, what exactly have been the, the changes since you were uh, last on the books? Um, there's a, a lot more younger guys these days. Uh, I've <laughs> been, described, been described as a veteran for the first time in my life, and uh, so that's probably been the biggest change. Um, but no, it's, uh, there's a lot of things. There's obviously new coaching staff, um, that that's sort of they've they've got their own ideas and different ways of doing things, training sessions, training loads, and um, so there's been a bit of different different um, things to get your head right in there. But it's been uh, it's been been pretty easy. There's still plenty of old heads that I know and and, and grew up playing with as well. So it's been uh, been nice to come back home and sort of get back integrated with them. So there's been some good changes, but also um, there's a bit of familiar uh, familiarity with it as well. So it's so it's been all good. Yeah, definitely. And and Ryan, what about yourself? Sort of coming back in back into the fold after a, a few injuries. How how have you found it? Yeah, it's good to be back, mate. Um, yeah, like you said, I had a couple of a couple of back injuries last year that that maybe meant that I wasn't going to get to play again. Um, so to get the chance to come back to Glasgow to and and, and find out actually that I'm I'm probably going to be all right. <laughs> it's nice. Um, it's good to be back with the old crew. You know, boys like Jacko and Nico have come back and. Um, Yes, yeah, like old times again. Obviously, not playing as much rugby these days, but um, it's good to be back with the boys. And, and you mentioned a lot of youngsters um, in that in that squad. Who, which of them do you think is sort of the, the best talent in there? The one to sort of watch for for everyone out there. Yeah, I think George Horn's looking pretty good at the minute. Um, you know, he's. I think he scores a try for every game he plays in, pretty much at the minute. Yeah, he's he, he's looking brilliant, and a lot of people are uh, are pinning their hopes on young Hastings to come through as well. How's how's he feeling in the squad? Um, yeah, he's he's been good. Um, he's obviously probably not had as many opportunities as he you would maybe like, but he's still still very young, and uh, and he's got a lot of uh, raw ability, um, which is clear to see. Uh, some of the snip, snippets he's played, he's he's shown some real good, exciting attacking intent, and. Um, uh, so he's probably hopeful for for a few chances during the Six Nations, maybe, and uh, gets a chance to to yeah get get more game time and and uh, get back out on the pitch. That's great. And uh, so back into European rugby this weekend. Not being the happiest of hunting grounds for Glasgow this season. What's the feeling in the squad? Is it sort of? Do you feel it is a bit of a dead rubber? Or is there something to play for? Um, there's always stuff to play for. I think um, personal pride. I think we're. Everyone, every sort of professional player is a competitive by nature and, and they never want to go out and lose. And it, um, it maybe gives us a chance to, to go out and try a few things, whether it's game plan and, uh, and things like that, um, new moves, new, new combinations or whatever. Um, it will give a chance for the coaches and the players to, to look at things and keep things fresh. And I think uh, we can go into these couple of weeks with some real excitement. Um, we don't want Leinster to sort of... Or, or these teams to, to just sort of get get an easy win, or, or see us as a, a bit of a, a cruiser into and, and push their playoff ambitions. So we want to go maybe cause a couple of upsets and, and probably upset a couple of teams as well. And, uh, so yeah, hopefully starting starting this Sunday against Leinster. Yeah, definitely. What do you think has sort of been the, the missing piece in, in Europe this year? Um, and what do you think you can sort of take take into to next season? I think it's been a uh, it's been it's been really frustrating because I think we've by the Leinster game at home um, every other game we've been really been in it mm. um, till right near the end and you look at Exeter sort of the Premiership champs Montpellier uh, flying high in, in the the top fourteen so that a couple of the best teams and we've and we've gone away from home as well and, and been really close to winning these games and there's me. Maybe just a bit of there's a few lessons that we need to learn in terms of looking after the ball, respecting the ball, because maybe against some teams and in, in, in the league league that we we get away with, but against these top teams they really punish your mistakes, and, and that showed in the sort of latter stages to some of these games, and 
and that's probably what we're going to have to learn and take into next season going into Europe. Awesome. Um, I mean, one of the other things that you guys have been up to, some stuff off the field, you've um, started up your own drinks company. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that came about and what you're up to? Uh, yeah, the Garden Shed Drinks Company. Um, it's it's yeah, a little side project we've got going on at the minute. Um, yeah, like I mentioned a bit earlier on, I said that you know I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to keep playing rugby, so I started kind of looking at what I might like to do post rugby. And one of the things, uh, one of the things I did was get in touch with the con the guys up at Eden Mill. Mm. Then there'd been a guy up there called Jasper who who basically showed me around the distillery and stuff and showed me how to distill um, very loosely. So I came back and I said to Jacko, you know, like this, you know, this is something that we we could get interested in. And, uh, you know, Jacko, for as long as I can remember, has been trying to get me to invest in booze companies and <laughs> other, <laughs> other avenues of booze. He tried to make me buy a vineyard once. <laughs> Casual. So I came back and I told Jacko and he was just like, yeah, let's do it. So... Yeah, we just uh, we went back up a few more times and kind of a few more lessons, if you like, on the still and stuff like that. And then uh, we bought ourselves one. And we started playing around on that for a bit, and then we ended up stumbling upon a pretty decent recipe for for gin. I'm sure if you've tried it, you'll agree with me. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we we went back to Eden Mill and we said, "What do you guys think of this?" And they they thought it was good, so we were just like, "Yeah, let's go for it." That's class. So you selling it? Where can where can uh, where can listeners get their hands on it? Um, currently, it's very local to the west west end of Glasgow, predominantly. Um, so we're and we're actually pretty much out of stock just now. So we're hopefully <laughs> going to be. Um, That's a good sign, though. Yeah. So we're going to hopefully be doing another batch very soon um, and restock. But yeah, the, there's a couple of bottle shops here. There's. Um, Good Spirits Company in Clarence Drive. There's Gray's Deli, but also um, mm. Luvian's in St Andrews and Cooper. Oh, yeah. as, we, as we drive past um, on the way back from Eden Mill, we, we, we drop off a few bottles there. Um, but we are hopefully going to start expanding soon if uh, things keep going, um, as well as the first first batch did. Was that um, was that Chris Vassaro giving you a deal on uh, Luvian? I see you're in. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a deal as such. They, uh, they drive a hard bargain, the, the Fazara brothers. So um, it, was, uh, it was a welcome in to, yeah. a, to a good good bottle shop. But um, no, <laughs> there's no, no friendly deal. <laughs> That's class. And there's an awful lot of talk in rugby at the moment, particularly down at Saracens, about how players are encouraged as part of the culture to take on a sort of a, like a secondary sort of career or look at sort of business outside of rugby. Is that something that Glasgow really helped you with? Are they sort of supportive of what you're doing? Yeah, um, they are really supportive, and it helps obviously that it's Eden Mill who are one of our key sponsors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, in terms of the Warriors, you know, they've, they've been really good in, in terms of getting us schedules and things so we can get away and do and do the distilling and the bottling that we need. But as well as that, we've we've been having some chats about the possibility of even getting our gin into the stadiums which uh, which is going well so far I know that's something that Saracens do you know they sell Brad Barrett's um, Tiki Tona coffee and stuff on game day so um, yeah, yeah, if we can get our drink into the stadium that would be pretty special for us and obviously for you know the rugby fans that have come to watch Glasgow's faithful Rory Jackson then <laughs> they can also have a garden shed gin <laughs> well hopefully that is something we will see in the not too um, distant future just one more from us before we let you go guys since Finn is now moving to France are you two the biggest bromance at Glasgow Warriors we were always the biggest bromance <laughs> <laughs> we just don't paste it on social media for everyone to see we, we keep the secret we're in house private <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, um, thanks a lot for, for joining us, guys. Listening out there, go and get yourself some Garden uh, garden Shed Company gin. And we'll speak to you soon, guys. Top stuff. Thank you very much. Cheers. No worries. Cheers. So there you have it, the original Glasgow bromance. What do you think Finn and Ali are going to make of that? Probably hear about it on social media in the end, so see something about it on Instagram. Everyone missed out on Rory and Ryan Grant on Bebo back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that was great. And thanks again, guys. And if you're do, if you in the Glasgow area, go and find some uh, Garden Shed Company gin. It sounds like good stuff. Support the boys. Um, 
So, yeah, why don't we move on very, very quickly? Should we look back at the second 1872 game at Scottsdale? You guys were there, and it was pretty dismal, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I was said literally so bored that I went out for a fag after 35 <laughs> minutes and never went back never came back <laughs> oh that's where he went oh, he didn't come back with the beers in the end right I see <laughs> it's the second admission of crime on the pod <laughs> <laughs> quite interesting Real so there you have it. Alan Little was responsible for the evacuation I've literally never seen that happen before across all sports that a stadium has been evacuated and the security guards obviously had no fucking <laughs> oh, idea oh, what no was going clue. on and at one point like they told everyone to go onto the pitch and then people went on the pitch and then started trying to go and chat to the players and security guards. <laughs> this is a really bad idea. Then back into the stand and funneled them out. It, it was just, it was bizarre. Amazing. And on the pitch, not a lot to talk about. 17-0 to Glasgow in the end. Lee Jones getting a try and Finn knocking over some kicks. Pretty, I mean, it was pretty solid performance from Glasgow, ground out Edinburgh. But my God, that first half was a bad, bad showing, wasn't it? It wasn't great, you know, as a spectacle. But I actually thought that if you look at the stats as well, Edinburgh had like the measure of Glasgow for much of yeah. that first half. Um, and they actually put together some pretty nice play. Like um, Bill Matter was unbelievable. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. And um, Duhan van der Merwe was getting some good good runs. Um, I thought van der Vaart looked pretty decent. Jimmy Johnson was dealing with Hugh Jones. So I kind of thought it would be a bit, a bit of a tighter match. But I think Glasgow just have that bit more quality and I think just used to, to winning as well. Yeah, I agree. Alan, anything to add or should we move on? I mean, I didn't think it was the most enthralling game in the world. I think, um, yeah, Edinburgh seemed to really struggle when they got to create anything, when they got into sort of the the Glasgow half. Yeah. Um, Got an email from Scottish Rugby after it being like, after an enthralling 1872 (laughs) Cup derby. A PR person writing it through gritted teeth. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But we're saying it's kind of... You know, both. I think we went into the 1872 Cups probably most excited we've been for a, a couple of years. And I'm, I think both games really sort of flattered to deceive. And actually going into the Six Nations sort of actually probably brought my expectations down a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Those games are always a bit like that. They're pretty turgid. I think that there's so much, I think in a sense, there's so much pressure on them from a lot of angles that that's maybe going to be the case. I think we had good Six Nations last year on the back of a pretty rubbish 1872. So that is true. I don't know. And hey, there's a third one this year. Yes. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Why? The only interest in that is going to be if Edinburgh are right on the cusp of getting that third spot in their pool. Yeah. And then whether the SRU like Glasgow stand down. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. Thank you very much. Because there's, there's a good chance there it will be Edinburgh and Ulster neck and neck right through the second. Yeah, Edinburgh season. just behind Ulster now in the league. So, yeah. so if Glasgow can roll over for a five pointer, and yeah. I think we saw today that what Glasgow, so, someone on Twitter said that Glasgow needed three points to be get guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah. yeah. Some- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Yeah. which um so yeah come on glasgow let the boys let the boys in <laughs> exactly um well talking about glasgow they were down against zebra at the uh, at the weekend as Rui was saying and again, and again another not fantastic game of rugby yeah it was i, I think it's a combination of things like zebra are pretty 
poor side. They no. they like have got a lot of endeavor, and I think they try things, but they just don't have the quality. No, not at all. Um, and on the other side, you had a Glasgow team that arrested quite a few people. A lot of changes, like a brand new back row. Um, that it was always going to be difficult to sort of yep. see the combinations click. But you know, Glasgow, it's, they probably say it was like a six out of ten performance, but. They actually they took their chances when they came along. Like, they still did score 40 points, yep. won the game comfortably. Yeah, you'll take it. You'll take it on the road, won't you? Good to see Matt Ferguson getting um, quite a lot of game time. I think yeah, he's yeah. Re- really exciting prospect. It's a bit of a shame that whoever it was got injured and he had to move to six because I think yeah. I'd, I'd like or seven because I'd like to see him actually running from the base at eight because I think Glasgow need that like you know ball care as we've talked about. So talking of young players, George Horn continues to yeah. make his mark. Can't stop scoring tries. He six, loves six tries in the Pro 14. It's like third, fourth top try scorer now. Yeah, and he just looks really, really comfortable um, at that level, which is sort of great to see that he's, a, he's bringing that sevens form over. Mm. With Glasgow, it just feels a bit like Groundhog Day. It's like, yeah, they played pretty shit, but they still won. Yeah. And this is like basically the narrative of every single Pro 14 game this <laughs> season. And it is... It is I don't know. I, it's either we just do Glasgow just not actually have that extra gear that we think they do. I still think they do. I think it's not as if they're like just winning games or that's them playing at their best and you know the the, the performance isn't coming. I think that there's still so many things that aren't clicking that you've seen them like you think of the games last year, for example, against like the likes of Leicester when it really clicked. I yeah. still think Glasgow have that in the locker. It just hasn't quite sort of come together. So do you think it's like a player issue or do you think it's just um, Rennie's style? It's just, it's taking them a bit of time to get used to it. I think it's a bit... I think it's funny, like, the, the selection of both Rennie and Cockrell has been really inconsistent. Like, probably yeah. haven't selected the same 15, you know, in consecutive matches once or even the same 15 in the whole season. Yeah. So I wonder if Rennie's still just trying to sort of like play guys, see what they're like, see what they're about. And maybe when you get a more settled team, then the sort of combinations will start clicking when you have like, you know, Price, Russell, Dunbar, Jones, you know, playing together for a long time. Yeah. You'd like to think that they could put together some pretty nice pieces of play. Yeah. And judging on what uh, Rui was saying in the interview there, it sounds like we might see some new combinations and stuff in this European side at the weekend. So we'll maybe not see that continuity that we're... Mm. looking for um, so that was a good win for Glasgow but again I mean five points when you go down to Italy you can't ask for much more so fair play to them and then Friday can, night but yeah cool hmm? you can ask for a better performance well, I points, you point, <laughs> points I know, I know I'm, being, I'm being really I'm being an asshole sorry really we'll move, we'll asshole I'm sorry I've had a hard day okay <laughs> um, and then Friday night nothing says a Friday night like watching <laughs> Edinburgh versus the Kings in a massive hailstorm at Myerside or on BBC in game. Or on BBC, BBC Alba. Um, I mean, again, a five-point victory. The Southern Kings, though. I, I I know Edinburgh have to play what's in front of them, but wow, the Southern Kings are quite bad. Have they now shipped a bonus point loss in every single match? I think they've conceded around about 40 points. I think they've. Match. I think every team that played against them has scored a bonus point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, ju- it just looked like they hung in and they started quite well. Um, for about the first 20 minutes they looked like they could actually upset Edinburgh and I was beginning to get that feeling in the back of my head like oh my god <laughs> this is going to be it Edinburgh are going to lose but there's then, one, yeah. one team that the Kings are going to break their duck against it is Edinburgh Rugby but then they put in so Edinburgh actually put in a, 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 what I thought was a pretty decent performance in the end to get, get over the line and get that, get that bonus point Mark Bennett back mm. I'm not entirely sure what he was doing to get man of the match well, we saw. I, we obviously talked about between us that Blair Kinghorn had eleven defenders beaten, but the second best this weekend was Mark Bennett yeah. with nine defenders beaten. Which beat I didn't nine. really notice. Really? I didn't. I didn't really notice that when I was, when I was watching it. But I mean, uh, great to see him get eighty minutes under his belt and and be back and yeah, playing at a high level. Definitely. Kinghorn, though, it's just like what are his statistics from the weekend? I've got these saved somewhere. So talk amongst the, yourselves. Well, the, the league, the league, <laughs> the league, the league as a whole. I know that he has got the most meters. By far, Pietau is like 250 meters behind him, and he's got most defenders beaten now after the weekend, and most clean breaks. Second most Second clean breaks. He holds, breaks. He holds um, the most most meters gained yeah. at 1,088, and 48 defenders beaten across the whole competition. 
and I guess we kind of threw up on Twitter, but is Kinghorn pushing himself into that Scotland? Not only the Scotland squad, but to be considered for that starting game against Wales. I I I definitely think he's pushing for the squad. I don't I don't see where he would quite fit in for the you know, for starting against Wales. I think he's got to be in the squad as somebody who can well. Firstly, for the experience of being in the squad, he's a versatile guy that can cover fullback and he he can definitely cover wing. I don't think he's ever played wing though. That's the thing. He's played ten and fifteen. Yeah, which his issue is the two positions he plays are where the two yeah. superstars. Yeah, play. I, I think he's definitely positioning himself as a fifteen. I, I don't think I think ten's like a sort of a real second choice for him. Um, I'm just looking at the the autumn test squad, the backs: Burley, Dunbar, Fife, Fowles, Harris, Greg, Hoghorn, Jackson, Jones, Jones, McGuigan, Price, oh, Pergos, he's getting in that. Russell but Seymour. The reason I think he might not get in is because. They have McGuigan and Maitland, who yeah. already cover fifteen quite yeah, easily. Yeah, that's true. And so, and the, and the issue for Kinghorn is that obviously yes, he could play wing, but he's never played wing. And do you give someone a place in the squad who a isn't going to start and b can only cover one position where your best player plays? But but then he could cover wing, as you say. But you're not going to put him on the wing. But then, never but then, played a club game <laughs> on the wing. Yeah, but but then, I don't know, it, it gets to a lot of hypotheticals. But you could put Hugh Jones on the wing, for example, and then move people around. I don't know. No, I get it. And but th- this is what I was saying: is I think is there a point when Kinghorn becomes too good not to play in the yeah. team? And if you have him in Hog, how do you then manage your? How do you get them in? Yeah. I also think there's. He's still only twenty. Yes. He's 20 years old. There's so no, there's no rush. Like if he doesn't get selected for Scotland this year, is it going to be is it going to like ruin his development? Probably not. Like Eddie Jones picks him because he's got an English <laughs> granny. <laughs> oh my god. I'd like I'd like to see him at least get into that environment though. Like I like we talk about Eddie Jones a little bit. I like that sort of environment thing that the stuff he does with the apprentices and he gets them in. I don't like that. Do you not like that? No. Nah, Why not? Eddie, I hate Eddie Jones. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, the way his career is going sort of reminds me quite a lot of Stuart Hogg coming on the scene yeah. five years ago. Yeah. We all remember when he came on against Cardiff. It came on against yeah, Cardiff, Car- came on at Cardiff against Wales, you know, 20 years old. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. No fucks, well, it was not, no fucks given, but he basically <laughs> just played his game and absolutely tore Wales to shreds. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, someone else that I thought played well, obviously not an option for Scotland yet, but Jaco van der Waal at 10. I thought he's really offered so- Edinburgh a little bit of something different, a little bit more cutting edge in attack since he's joined um, joined up at, uh, well, about two months ago now. Mm. I think he's really offering them something a bit different. I thought he had a really good game. He probably would have been close to my pick for man of the match. I thought he had a great game. Um, and the big guy, Duhan van der Merwe as well. I like Scoring tries. I thought he's one of the better players over the 1872 as well. Like some big bullocking runs. Yep. Um, he looks quite interesting. I wonder if he is a project player as well. And uh, another, so, well, it's a big, big carrying performance from Hamish Watson. I think he had 13 or something like that over the game, just doing what he does. And he's so pivotal to that Edinburgh mm. side. And it's what you want coming into the internationals. Exactly, yeah. Get him playing well. So yeah. we didn't actually talk about the news. Harday's back. In the squad. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's true. In the Edinburgh squad, yeah. Which is probably good for Edinburgh coming into the Six Nations, where I imagine they're going to lose Watson, Dupree, and maybe Bradbury. Yeah. 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 So. They were all in the last, in the autumn squad, so. Yeah. You would expect. Well, it's good, it's good news for Hardy to be able to, to cover there, isn't it? Um, Quiz? Let's do it. Do you want to do quiz? Yeah. I don't think there's anything else to talk about Edinburgh. Good five points at home. Fair no, play to them. We're all good. Right, go on then. Right, so what is this weird quiz again? Consolidated <laughs> income and expenditure. Have you been digging into the SRU's finances? And a fairy tale in Cardiff. <laughs> Did we ever find out if the SRU were in £500 million worth of debt or whatever? Uh, it was yeah, I think it, I looked at it, it was 12, <laughs> not 150. So, yes. <laughs> Just decimal point. Okay. So, because I was bored, I had a look at the SRU annual report. Oh like, my God. Like we all do. 
And how do we look at their consolidate, consolidate income and expenditure? Can you imagine listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine signing up to listen to this? Why do you keep saying consolidated as well? Because I mean, like, that's how it's. That's I what think it is. We, we, we don't know, need to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. In the 16 17 season, how many professional rugby players did the Scottish Rugby Union have on their books? Professional. Professional, Professional rugby players. Uh, and cl- closest two wins. I don't know what. Um, yeah, okay, fine. I've written something down. 16-17. How much revenue did the SRU <laughs> oh make? Oh, my God. Within five. No idea. Within five million. I I can't, I'm really struggling with even like a sort of ballpark on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. In 16-17, what surplus did... The SRU. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting information for people. For some, maybe for people. No, I thought it was interesting. Okay. It that, is interesting. It's just really hard to get the right answers. Surplus. surplus. Within a million. Fourth question. What trust does the Scottish Rugby Union own? Uh, trust? Yeah. I've got it. Have you got it? Is this I've from our. Eight, I've actually got eight questions here. Question <laughs> oh my God. number five. Oh, we're moving on to Fairy Tale and Card. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Okay, Fairy Tale. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. What year? Sorry for the language. What, what was the last year that Scotland beat Wales at the Millennium Stadium? Ugh. And to add to that, what was the score? Is this oh, question God. six? Question six. What was the score? Um, Hint Scotland won. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Well, of course, Scotland won. I think he was doing a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying well, to be funny, all right? I'm good, trying to yeah. liven up the income. Do you, do you remember this? The income statement I, quiz. I, 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 I've no, I've no idea. I don't, I don't really know. I know. <laughs> I've seen lots of people in like the media have been saying like Scotland haven't won in Cardiff for X years. Donkey. <laughs> They've been saying they that a lot recently. They have. And I'm trying to remember what that number is to give me a sort of. We go for that. Well, actually, this will give you a bit of a clue. Scotland scored two tries that day by one player who was that player and he was a forward oh, delete that answer I was going for then who if I remember correctly got into our team of the last 28 years best Scotland 15 of the last 28 years right he was a forward a forward from big there. name big old name maybe don't know. I don't think he got in that team. I can't even remember. Right, go on. Question yep. eight. No, seven. That was seven. What was seven? The guy scored two tries. Oh, right, right, right. Year in score. Wait, 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 wait. Seven is who scored the two tries? Yes. Fine. Question eight. What legend, starting at 15, was kicking the conversions that day? Right, let's start off which might let's start off the answers for what might be the most boring <laughs> quiz in the history of podcasts. Oh my god. How long did that go on for? I know that was too long. <laughs> so sorry for everyone out there listening. Gonna <laughs> All right, come on. Agenda right. point for the AGM, tying up podcast yeah. quiz. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Pro players, what have you got? You go first. I've got eighty. What have you gone for? Ninety one. It's 99? Oh, 99? 99 players on 99 the books. 99 pros on the books. Does that, do you think that includes like tier level three academy or something like that? That's what I was thinking. My bad. Seven. I have no idea. Yeah, so, that's, that's fine. You know what, actually? I'm going to give Dave the point because he's closest. So we'll <sighs> do that. That's quite right as well. SRU revenue. Dave, oh. what have you got? <laughs> one, I really hope someone just completely <laughs> just goes know. left wing. 40 left million. <laughs> 40 million. But 20. 20 million. 51.5 million revenue Shit. for the SRU in 1617, up from 47 million the year oh, before. Oh, not too bad then. So not too bad. Um, surplus. So gave you a hint. They made a profit. 1617, Hanny, what are you going for? A 4 million surplus. 4 million surplus. 20% margin you thought they had. <laughs> I've gone for 5 million. 5 million. <laughs> well, 1.7 million. Jesus Christ, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> I had it at 1.5 and I changed it. I think it. we're going to have to edit this out. 2-1 two, two <laughs> to Dave. What trust does the Scottish Rugby Union own, Hanny? It's not just called the Scottish Rugby Trust. It's not. It's called the Thistle Trust. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Which begs the question, 
Are we owned by the SRU? Are we SRU lacking power by the SRU? We did have this conversation off pod, and I think that's where it should stand. (laughs) The ownership (laughs) structure of the SRU. If anyone wants to get in touch to tell us, please do, but (laughs) we're not going to bore you with any of those details. When was the last time Scotland Scotland beat Wales at the Millennium Stadium? Hannah, you're 3-1 down. What have you got? 2004. 2004? 2002! Ah, well... I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, I wrote... I mean, I, I guessed. No, 2002. And the score was... 23-10. Oh, 23-8. Technically, Dave is closer. <laughs> yeah. It's 27-22. All right. And our two tries... Our, our try score with a double, double pie. Was it the Great White Shark? Was it the Great White Shark? It was Gordon Bullock... Gordon Bullock with a double. Oh. Gordon Bullock with a double at the Millennium Stadium. Unbelievable. Good for him. It's my worst ever quiz performance. And finally, who was kicking the conser- conversions that day from 15? A legend. Mossy. Of the game. Mossy. Brendan. Lee. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> you joking. I got grannied. So I think that's... Christ. No, it was 4-1 to... I didn't get any, mate. I didn't wow. get any. I gave you closest for the surplus, mate. All oh, right. Um... I wasn't though. So wow. yeah. I was, I was. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna have to up my game for next week. <laughs> that wasn't the best. I quite enjoyed how bad it was though. Um, I'll come. I'll will come in big next week. I've got a really boring weekend, so I'll. Um, okay, good man. I'll do that. I'm just looking at the Scotland team now, actually, from that day. Lane. So from 15, Laney, um, Logan, centers of McLaren and John Leslie, passing on the other wing. Townsend and Redpath. Front row, Smith, Bullock and Stewart. It's good. Murray and White in the row. Martin Leslie, John uh, Budge Pountney and Simon Taylor in the back back row. That's not too bad. That's not a bad team. That's not a bad side. That's probably the, the best team we've had until this team. Like, as in, over the last yeah. 16 still, years. Still a bit shit though, isn't it? All right, mate. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just I'm upset about that. I've lost the question. Okay, well, I've won it. Shall we finish this off and have a quick look forward to the European fixtures at the week? And Edinburgh, again, Stade Francais on Friday night. It has just been announced that it has been moved to Murrayfield, which I'm sure everyone who'd bought the tickets from Marseille is very disappointed about. Is it because the Marseille just couldn't hold the amount of fans yeah, that wanted to be there? Man, you've got half of Paris coming over to watch the game <laughs> as well. So. Surely not. It must be. It must be because the pitch is because they played Edinburgh played Friday night in torrential rain and a hailstorm, and then Watsonians were on Meyer side at midday the next yeah. day. Fair, I watched the highlights of the Watsons Mar. Yeah, the pitch it was rubbish. Pretty dark. As as a former groundsman of uh, <laughs> of Watsons, I can tell you that there was new drainage put in about six years ago, but it can't handle that sort of level. <laughs> <laughs> that is official insight. I like that. As that's, a former that's good, good technical insight. Um, so, what do we reckon? Do we reckon Edinburgh win? I think Edinburgh. I think so. Edinburgh won They can get home quarter final on the line. I just judging by Stefan say this year in the they don't challenge lost cup. The yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to play a, a second string team. Yeah, they don't care. I think that's. I think that's an Edinburgh win, and I hope it is. I think that gets them a home quarter final. You can start building up a bit of buzz in the club. I think they should commit to Mar side though. I think they shouldn't. Automatically go to to Murrayfield for bigger games. Why not pack out Myerside and try and like turn it into? I think the they thing wanted to. to. I do. think they wanted to. To be fair, yeah, it must be a pitch thing. I think they were trying be, to pick yeah. it up quite quite a lot. The the only danger is that Stadford say are actually eight points behind Edinburgh in the group, and if Stadford say win this game, then we're going to play Stadford say Again, away yeah. next week. Ah, yeah. Stadford say yes. could nick top of the group if they uh, beat Edinburgh twice. Oh, okay, so there's weeks. a bit more in it than we thought. So there is a little bit more. I still think San Francisco just do not give a shit about, no, they don't care. about this league. But no, I, I actually think, especially for this game, I think Cockrell's going to put a real strong squad, hopefully try and um, secure who, that Who could Edinburgh play like in the quarterfinal? I'm just looking through the teams in I do, the I Challenge think. Cup and... I think you could beat all of them. There's, a high, there's a high chance you get Gloucester. Edinburgh well, I was just about to say, apart from maybe Gloucester. Or we could... Newcastle. Might, or Toulouse. Or we might end up playing Worcester, which 
the SOU conflict is going to be huge. Oh my, you can't play that match. Too much of a conflict <laughs> of interest. You're worse to get Connacht, and you, or you could you could get a French team that start to care. I don't I, I don't know. I still think Edinburgh at home would feel relatively confident against a Gloucester, Newcastle, yeah, and, even, right. yeah, and even a Toulouse. Um, yeah. And so I think you're right. I think securing that home quarterfinal is so important for them. Definitely. I think it's big for the. I think it's just really important for the club as well. Yeah, I think to start building that sort of fan base and brand. Mm. Um, Matt, what do you think is going to happen then? Give us a wee prediction. I think Edinburgh win by uh, 12. Alan? Yeah, I think Edinburgh non-bonus point win by 8. Yeah, I think I'm going to give Edinburgh a bonus point win. I think they're they're doing really well in Europe and they're they're flying flying pretty high at the moment and it's going to be in front of a packed out 2,500 at Murrayfield. <laughs> it is going to be massive. Um Right, Sunday lunchtime, Leinster versus Glasgow. Jacko says that it there is still stuff to play for for Glasgow. Did you believe him on that, Matt? Uh, yeah, I think that you, you have to have that attitude going into it, but it, it just remains to be seen whether you end up like 10 points down after you know quarter, quarter of an hour, um, half an hour, and you start thinking like literally what is the point in this. Yep. I, I think it depends on what team Glasgow put out as well. I suppose they've got nothing to lose. Might as well go for it. Might as well chuck the ball around. But I think they've sort of done that before against teams like Leinster and, and come unstuck. So, yeah, I think the worry is that obviously Leinster are super focused on getting that bonus point win because they want to get top seed. Yeah. Um, going into the quarterfinals, and if Leinster do get that, you're right, ten points ahead after twenty five minutes, with very little to play, will Leinster just blow them away? Yeah. And I, I, I honestly could see that happening. I think actually, I, I, can, I can completely see mm. that. Happening. Glasgow got quite a lot of injuries, <laughs> yeah, loads of injuries, and especially with Six Nations coming up. You know, are you wanting to throw Finn Russell, get Finn Russell to play a full of play 60, 70 minutes of this game? Mm. It's um, I, you know, I think it's one that you're right. I think you've got to throw everything at it, but it's one of those. It's, Go there, play it, and get out, and just it's a bit of a lose lose for Glasgow, isn't it? Yeah, even yeah. if they win, like, if what's they the win, point? But pick up a bad injury, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see uncontested scrums across both of these games. Actually, that'd be good. No, I completely. I'd agree. like them brought in. <laughs> I think that would just be a gentleman's agreement, kind of wild card. Yeah, I think that would be a nice thing for everyone to do. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Front row for Glasgow, so we got Nuke and Kebble can both play. Yeah. And then at Hooker, is it going to be... MacArthur. MacArthur. MacArthur, yeah. Packing down with them. You had a few thoughts about the Nuke and Kebble? I worry that they're just really big and quite rubbish. (laughs) Having watched them a few times this season and against Zebre, they're quite bad. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't know, particularly in the scrum, which I thought that's why they've been brought in primarily. I'm kind of holding out my review on Kebble because he's been injured loads. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Totally. And I think he's gonna give. He needs a bit of time to kind of get his fitness back, get his power back. The nukes like come straight from the ITM car, <laughs> and he's been literally awful. <laughs> so he generally just needs to go down on a field and just do sprints for like. Yeah, he doesn't look. He doesn't weeks. look fit. He doesn't look fit, does he? No. no. Um. And so, but no, I think th- those were two signings that we kind of had high hopes for and just annoyed. They're a bit, yeah, they're a bit of sort of missing piece, weren't they? Yeah. I'm sure they're being paid quite a lot, so. But we will see. It's good. I think at least we can have them and not worry about anyone playing for Scotland, getting injured for Scotland. Yeah, agreed. But I think I was reading on the Glasgow Rugby Forum. So, you know, you've got your European squad. Mm. And I think Glasgow have only got about 28, 28 players not injured within that European squad available for this game. And so a lot of those frontline Scotland players Mm. are just going to have to play, play. especially in the backs where there is loads of injuries. So they were saying the only back three players available are Rui Jackson, Lee Jones and Nico. There there literally is no other players. Obviously Hugh Jones can cover wing if needed. Bloody hell. But it's a real, there's a real issue there for Glasgow. Mm. Mm. Well, I hope they all come through it safe and sound. Yes. <laughs> I think that's my only hope for the weekend. I don't I'm I'm a little bit nonplus about the result. I'm beginning now to turn my thoughts to the uh, yeah. to the Scotland squad. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if like Hugh Jones like blows his knee or something like that. 
Or Russell. Finn Ooh. Russell. I mean, yeah. this is touch wood territory, lads. I don't even yeah. want to say it anymore. But I think it. one of the things that this does show is I think there was a there's an article about the Leinster squad a, a couple of weeks, like a week ago, and you just look and there's like 40 players that yeah. can play like Champions Cup standard rugby. Yeah. Well, got at, at 10, they've got Carberry, this Ross Byrne guy, and Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's and at fullback, they can play Rob Carney, Joey Carberry, yeah. or this... Nasewa. Lam- Jordan Lamour. Jordan Lamour. Nasewa. James Lowe. Yeah. Ugh. It's um, it's a pretty... Re- and I think the obviously Glasgow have done really well in the Pro 14 and sort of struggled at that sort of Champions Cup stage. And it's, I feel like their squad depth of talent is an issue when you compare it to Leinster and Munster. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I think that's probably a conversation for another day. Yeah. I thought we were going to talk about it today. Should we talk about it now? Are we done? No, we've, we're coming up to over an hour now, so... <laughs> I think the quiz really took the energy out Did of the day. Did steam out? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So what do, we re- what, what do we reckon for a score, then? I think Leinster are going to win quite comfortably, maybe by 15 points. I was going to say Leinster by 20. Yeah, 20. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Let's on end, that note. Let's end on that negative note. Look forward to that to the weekend. Yeah, we will be back next week um, where we are trying to line up another surprise guest, so we will keep you guys informed on that. Um, until then, keep up with us at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod on Instagram, and leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>